I'm Izzy, and my guest today is Mad Dope. He's someone that I was introduced to this year, actually. And immediately after our conversation, I was like, yo, I need to have this cat on the podcast. Um, it's taken a little bit, but super, super honored for Ricardo to join me today. Thanks for joining me. Yo, yo. No, happy to be here, man. Um, like Izzy said, it's been a long time coming, but everything in due time. So here we are. Excited to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I had the pleasure of meeting him in LA, having some of the best tacos in the world uh, and everything like that. But super excited to get into your story, to get into um, everything that you've touched as a creative, as a DJ, uh, and as just you. So before we get started, uh, do you want to give everybody an intro as to who you are and what you do? Yeah. Um, my name is Ricardo, Ricardo Emanuel, also known as Ricky, uh, socially known as Ricky Directs. Um, and yeah, I am a creative based in Los Angeles, California. I've been here for about eight years now, um, focusing specifically in the fashion, music, art world when it comes to the uh, direction, whether creative or art direction. And I've been very honored and privileged to work with some pretty amazing companies, great people, uh, amazing talent, just amazing individuals and projects overall throughout these last eight years that have molded me and the way that I operate today. Are you scratching that that dream off your list in regard, like, did you always want to do this as a kid? Or was this something that came up over time? Uh, I think for the most, you know, as far back as I could remember, have always kind of been into documenting things. Um, I was an only child for for a bit, almost like seven, eight years. Um, so throughout that time, my mom, especially this was like in back in my day, uh, <laughs> these are times where there were no digital cameras as of yet. So a lot of it was very point and shoot film, disposable camera memories. And she loved taking photos. Um, yeah. specifically of me, but like I got tired of all that attention, especially since <laughs> I was like an only child. Um, and I remember she bought me like a little, a little camera. It was like those old school, like you would pull the strips out, not a Polaroid, like your classic Polaroid, but like you would yeah. pull a strip out and it would have like six little photos into it. Um, and once my little brother was born, she would, she was just like, well, you could just take the photos that like I would want to take of like us or him or the family. So kind of always had like a little camera around. And then I remember like eighth grade, that's when like DSLRs were a thing. Canon was killing it. <laughs> um, I think I had like a T2i Rebel or something like that. Uh, and that was like my first, what I considered like professional camera because you were able to like interchange lenses yeah um and then at that point i saw the expense that came with this uh this hobby this passion that i really enjoyed because i would just like m whether make little vlogs or it was it was always a combination of the photo the video and then like adding songs to it to yeah. make it like this like story so i always knew that i was into telling a story especially visually um and then yeah I, ever since that, you know, I would take my photo classes in school, went to art school for a bit as well. Just always had a knack for an eye behind the camera and to tell a story. Did you finish art school? I didn't. I dropped out. No? Um, 
you're actually one of very many, uh, very, very, very talented creatives on this show that never finish art school. So I, I yeah. love to at least ask. Yeah, no. And um, I went to community college for two semesters and instantly knew that that wasn't for me. But my parents yeah. were very heavy on me going to school and getting my education. So I try to like meet halfway and go to art school. And I think I was there for like a semester. And <laughs> at first I went for what I thought I wanted to do. Because like I, my parents always instilled this whole like, cool, you can do something creative, but it needs to be something that like, there'll always be a use for, right? Yeah. Not that being a photographer or a director or a videographer is it, but they don't necessarily, they didn't necessarily see that as a career path, you know? So yeah. they knew that I was into like websites and stuff. So they were like, well, why don't you do some like something like a web development or like, you know, coding. So I went to art school for that for a semester and then I quickly transferred out and went for <laughs> visual communications, which is a very broad type of approach for a degree because you can yeah. go so many different ways but i was going more up the route of like fashion so going towards like window display and like mm -hmm. art direction towards that uh and then quickly got into the school and and just realized that you know these schools and no shade once again to anyone who who's finished anyone who wants to go but it's like make sure you're doing your research because like even mm -hmm. this before i even get to that the school that I went to that shall not be named um, recently because of this whole president trying to give this the student loan forgiveness actually got a letter saying that my school was picked out of one of very few schools who essentially it was all like a front. Oh, for predatory practices. Yeah. So I got my loans completely like... <laughs> expunged i guess i would say like not even forgiven it's just like it's never it wasn't even ever on my record kind of a thing so with that being said i quickly noticed things like that where it's like you're paying all this yeah. money they flash you all these resources you know they'll give you the latest macbook with adobe suites and like you know access to this library with thousands and thousands and thousands of resources for you to use at no cost you know and then they teach you how to be creative, which I feel like there's not one way. And I think that that's where I got frustrated because I would challenge, I guess I would say like this one professor because I was always very good at Photoshop, but I had my way of doing things and they had their way mm -hmm. of doing things and they wanted their way to be the only way. And I was like, well, if we're still getting to that same point, What's what does it matter how I do it versus how you do it? You know, as long as it's done within the timeline that it needs to be done. And right. I quickly noticed that it's just like there, there there wasn't a way for me to understand somebody trying to tell me that there is only one way to do something creative, let alone the type of creative that I am, where I already knew I had uh, a lot of different passions within the creative world that never it was just like. I'm solely a photographer, which was my entryway to um, my professional career was was definitely uh, photography. But yeah, one one good friend was just like, dude, like, if you want to go to California, you should just do it. Like, don't mm. don't overthink it. 
don't plan it too much. Like obviously have your things in order, but just do it. You're young. If you fail, you can come back home. You can try, you know, try something else, but would be worse for you to have the opportunity and not take it than for you to take it and fail and never know what would have been. Um, so, you know, I took that to heart and, and until date, a book that I always recommend that he recommended to me was The Alchemist. And, and he also very much says in something that the book states and not even like in a religious way necessarily, but it's like walk with faith, not by sight. And it's kind of just something that I, till date, I continue to remind myself is that, um, or a phrase in the book that's in Arabic called maktub, which translates into it's all written. And that's something Mm -hmm. that I very much always fall back on to the point where I even have it like tattooed on me. Anytime I freak out, I just look at this tattoo and I remember like, it literally says breathe, it's all written. Because there's times where like, you'll catch yourself freaking out and overwhelming yourself especially in the industry that i'm in um and then i'll just remember to just like calm down because my path is already set in stone you know so like no matter what i do in that in that meantime i just have to be able to control what i can and react to that and not freak about freak out about everything else but i took his advice i read that book moved across country with two great friends and then another friend joined us a bit later and eight years in here we are the Alchemist, I, I read it in college, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, in college. And I, I have it on um, a pile of books that I told myself I'm going to read by end of year. And I've got through three so far. So I need to get re- through the rest of them. But something I want to talk about next is the prevalence of music uh, in your life today. And um Coming from a Latin household myself, like I know how uh, how important music was on an everyday basis. I didn't become obviously uh, a guitar player or anything like that, or needless to say, a DJ. But I think it's interesting, and I wanted to hear your perspective on how growing up in the household that you grew up in had left some nuggets in what you're doing today with Always Sunday and everything like that? So um, I have an alias, I guess I would say, called Always Sunday, as Izzy just mentioned, which is my DJ alias. And it started off as a a joke um, (laughs) because I am a fan of music as, you know, we all are. Um, But I, I tend to play or make mixes or cater to i guess i would say this sound that you would hear on a sunday uh which is a direct influence from growing up and like on your saturday sunday specifically sunday in my house was the cleaning day you know so it's like the day where everybody wakes up everyone's (laughs) doing their thing but mom dad whoever you know myself we would all just take turns playing music and obviously coming from a Latin household, specifically Dominican household from the Caribbean. A lot of the music was very heavy influenced from my parents, which at the time, you know, we, we, me and my siblings would find kind of annoying, but you know, the older that you get, you just realize that it's, it's part of the culture and they're just trying to carry those traditions on that were passed on to them. And fast forward, 
till today. You know, two weeks ago, I just played a party called Tumbao, which was specifically all Latin music, <laughs> very much catered to that nostalgic uh, vibe that our parents would curate, whether with the bachata or the salsa or the old school reggaeton or whatever it might be. But it's it's definitely a direct <laughs> inspiration, no pun to direct, um, from those days growing up in that household and us cleaning. And my dad, who till date will literally send me voice memos of him just saying, um, <laughs> bless his soul. He swears he's the greatest singer in the world. And we always just grew up around music, around him singing. My earliest memories of being a kid, which my parents are stunned that I even am able to remember this, is like me being in a grocery cart, like in the little in the little seat where you put like the babies and whatnot, and my dad pushing yeah. me around, and me and him just like singing back and forth to each other, and people would be like walking by and like breaking their neck, like how, <laughs> how is this little kid like who can barely <laughs> even probably walk. You know, just like singing. So I've always been very much into the music world. And, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to also work with creatively um, uh, a music label called Selection. And specifically with one of my great friends, dear friends, co-founder of Selection, Andre Power. So also watching over a professional DJ shoulder for as long as I did, you know, mm. I gained a complete new respect for the craft because back to what I was saying in the beginning where I see myself more as a storyteller than anything. Um, I saw the way he was able to paint his story, the way I'm able to paint my story, whether with it be a photo or a video or a, a visual or whatnot. I was able to see him paint a story and literally move people, you know, and take right. it in a direction where, you know, I, I, I'm a nerd, so I care about like the transition and like, looping mm -hmm. a word because the next song starts with that same word and seems seemingly you can do it without anyone technically noticing that it's two different songs so like seeing that i also gained so so much more respect for djing that it kind of just like scared me a bit because i was like i can't even just like pop up and just be like oh i dj now especially because mm -hmm. i already had at the time when i started djing somewhat of a um, I hate using the word like following or, and stuff like that, but like people knew that I was in this creative field for this. So mm -hmm. I didn't want to be, and, and I already did so much within that, you know, that I didn't want it to be seen as like just another, you know, here he goes, right. just trying to take on somebody else's job or something like that. <laughs> because I paid respect to every single one of those crafts that I professionally um, take the responsibility of saying that I can do. So you know, once I was able to master the craft, it just all worked out and yeah, DJing very much. And it, it all talks to one another, you know? So like I DJ, I, I like to save for fun, even though I do it often and, you know, I thankfully get paid for it as well, but I treat it as a, as a hobby, as a passion. I don't try to overanalyze it. I don't try to prep more than I should. You know, I'm, I'm constantly in people's cars, traveling here and there and asking people, what are you listening to? Like, I love having conversations mm -hmm. like that. Like, and I'm never playing music for anyone. I'm always having people play music for me. And then it, it dives into my creative art direction, you know, as far as things like scoring, 
goes and, and absolutely you know even setting vibes on a set you know to get a certain mood provoked from talent so it's all definitely full circle you left art school and you've been able to work with such dope brands and the portfolio is ridiculous but you talk you just spoke on storytelling the projects that i really really want to focus on is your work with adidas do you want to talk about that a little bit and like maybe a yeah. favorite project yeah, um, I've been lucky and blessed for a couple years now to do a couple freelance projects for Adidas, um, whether event coverages, um, you know, influencer seating programs, uh, and as of recent, a bigger production that I was able to creatively produce and somewhat direct as well was with Sean Witherspoon and Coachella. Um, mm. I got reached out by a professional friend colleague Fardad and it was it was one of those very interesting moments in life where like you wait for something like that to happen for so long and then like mm -hmm. it lands in your lap <laughs> I laugh because it lands in your lap almost without you obviously looking for it and always in a very specific interesting time you know in someone's mm -hmm. life and it's always the test of like how much do you truly really want this you know but I I got hit up and it was like in my Instagram DM request, which I never even really check because I don't even have notifications on. And anytime I'm on socials is to post and I'm gone. Like I don't, I hate interacting for many reasons that I'm sure we all can relate to. Um, <laughs> mental health mainly. And uh, I get a text from a friend who's a mutual friend with Fardad and was like, yo, the homie's hitting you up. Like, check your shit and i'm like yeah. oh shit my bad and like i go <laughs> on and he's like yo if, if you're down to hop on a call at 12 like you know super super uh big fan of your stuff love your love your work would love to chat and i'm like yeah for sure and it was like 11 57 you know like i barely missed the the call <laughs> so we hop on the phone and he's like telling me this this amazing project that he's uh producing and essentially it's like Road to Coachella, uh, an Adidas project with Sean Witherspoon for an activation that he's going to be doing in Coachella. And prior to that, they wanted to do like the follow up and then like the actual transit, like us in this like crazy dope van that they like got for him yeah. to transport him to Coachella and then actually at Coachella plus his activation there. So it was like this whole huge project for like two, three weeks. One of those things where like we want the same crew so like if you're locked in you got to be available for everything 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 oh yeah coachella lands on my birthday <sighs> so it's always an interesting time of the year because outside of the times that i've wanted to go to coachella i started a ritual for myself where every year for my birthday i try to travel somewhere that i've never been by myself yeah and i had already purchased this trip because this this happened so last second, I obviously planned for my trip because of work and because as a hard worker and somebody who does what they love, it's very hard for people to take vacations in my world because there is no structure to this, no matter what structure, no matter, even if you work at a job that's nine to five, like it's, it's always something that comes up. So... I get offered this amazing opportunity for something that I've been wanting to lead a project this big um, for so long, you know, and it's something that like I'm really interested in. 
and getting mm-hmm. to go to Coachella for free and like, you know, in the, in the camera pits and like it, 10 out of 10 experience. But I had already planned this vacation for my birthday. So, you know, I was between a rock and a hard place and had to just make that decision of like what matters more to me at that time. And I chose mm-hmm. my birthday because I was like, the older that I get, I realize that if there's something you can't get back in life, it's time. You know, we'll always have another opportunity, another gig. There's always going to be more money. Yep. But time you can't get back, let alone personal time. And I was already beating myself up for not ever really taking a vacation like this ever, by my, let alone yeah. by myself, for me, by me. Where'd you go? So I meant to, I went to Guatemala. Ah, nice. Yeah, Lake, Lake Atilan, specifically in Guatemala, which is a beautiful place. But being that I am the resourceful person that I am, and I was able to essentially put together this whole crew to handle the other half that I wasn't able to make because I would have been in Guatemala. So I was able Mm -hmm. to do the first half with the team, and shout out to my amazing squad, um, specifically my guy Evers, owe him a lot for that one. But they rocked out the Coachella stuff while I was enjoying my birthday and everyone was happy, you know? And it was one of those situations where like, yeah, I could have made a lot more, let's say money on that mm-hmm. project, but I'd rather just like enjoy my time. Still still was able to work on the project in person and remotely um, and see it from pre-production to post to end. And also have that under my belt and still got to meet, you know, Sean, who's an awesome person and got to see his factory and learn about him and his upcoming and you know his his family as well that dude's an amazing amazing father so it was that was probably like my best uh experience or project as of far with adidas was that project for coachella with sean witherspoon we have a lot of people that listen to the show that end up listening and are creatives themselves or are striving to be creatives or anything like that and interested to hear your answer to this one how do you deal with creative block? Because you meant you did mention like you can't take vacations or anything like that. And it's it's hard, like you have to be on 24-7. So yep. what do you do when are you just feeling that block? Funny that you say that. So I'll do I'll do little things like stuff that takes me out of my comfort zone. Um I'm mm. bringing this up right now because I was literally before I got on this call was working on this, but like building this like extremely tiny lego set of pikachu (laughs) you know something that physically and like mentally is taking my time away from the normal spins of life especially as a creative because i feel like i was having this conversation with a friend um at a wedding the other day and it was one of those friends that you know you only see x amount of time at events like that and we also have two completely different career paths so every time we catch up we're so intrigued into what the other person does because it's so far away from like what um one what each other does and he was saying something and like i like stopped and like took out my my uh camera and like took a photo of something and then he was like you see like i wish i had that and i was like what do you mean He's like, well, I wish that I could just like take a photo of a chair and it just like look as pretty as you make it as you make it seem. And I was like, well, that's where, you know, like 
I think it's the secret or the 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 reveal of the magic trick, I guess I would say, is that like as creatives, we both see the same thing. Mm-hmm. I just happen to see it in a different way before you got to see it that way. It took me mm-hmm. as this like messenger almost for right. you to see the chair that way because of this maybe let's call it photo. But now anytime you'll see a chair you'll start paying attention to it a little bit more, hopefully. Or at least that's what I would hope is the intention of my art, you know, where it's like, I'm just trying to capture or create a memory. And that's it. That hopefully you can take on and do something else with it forever. But I was like, I don't have, like, as much as I wear glasses, I don't have, like, this secret thing that I press and I'm like, switch on switch off and i'm like that's why i can be having a conversation and be like excuse me and let me take this photo just because within that moment i don't know why my brain just triggered that way but i can't turn it off the same way i can't turn it on so like doing little things like legos or like going on a hike or recently i've been like even though this is also very creative but i've been getting more into like cooking and i've been thinking about like even taking like a culinary like course and taking a couple classes because I just want to continue to get out of the comfort zone and like out of the daily routine, which hopefully will continue to inspire the work the same way I took up DJing, which at the time was a little bit foreign to me. And then like studied that a bit, knowing enough that I have a passion for music, being behind Andre's shoulder and learning the technicality behind it to then taking that chance of like, okay, let me DJ and like put myself out in the public. And then, okay, let me professionally DJ and like, you know, get gigs and things like that. Um, But yeah, and then also like I am the king of this. I also just finished reading this book called The Art of Stillness by Pico Ear. Hopefully I'm saying his last name right. Um, But The Art of Stillness, and it specifically talks about like doing nothing. And I'm not sure, I'm pretty sure maybe you've noticed, but like it's since I, and I just uh, reread the book. I read it during the pandemic, obviously in a time where everything was just going crazy and I was trying to practice how to just like be calm and stay still but the art of stillness and I read this in that book it's a Japanese saying and it's uh don't just do something sit there which is opposite of what we're normally told which is don't just sit there do something right you know like that's usually like the what are you doing just chilling like get your ass up and like go do something you know but the Japanese saying is opposite is don't just do something, sit there. Because if you're just always on the go and always doing something, are you really putting that care and attention into it versus taking that moment to sit and think and reflect and be like, what are the pros and the cons of this next job, check, gig? project Mm. like xyz whatever you want to put into your life i use it literally for everything and to remind myself i usually use it as a caption on instagram for like the last two years like it's the same caption every single time i post on instagram unless it's me posting work but if it's just like a random photo or like a, a photo dump as they call them you'll always see the same caption don't just do something sit there with a little b emoji because we as society we tend to move so quick and so fast these days and we observe uh even the fact that we have to consider it content right like i get asked that all the time like are you 
can you create content? Are you a content creator? And as much as I know that that is a career today, I think that there's a difference between a content creator and an artist. Mm. But like these bigger corporations and companies don't necessarily understand that. So like right. for somebody, who, for an influencer to create content, I'm all for it, you know, because they're targeting a specific audience that knows that it's that is what they're getting. Right. You know, an influence. You're not going to watch an influencer and expect to see a three minute short film. You're expecting to see a 15 second quick reel, you know, and that's fire. Mm -hmm. And like that side of creativity, especially for me in the production world, has inspired me so much. Like the TikTok esque real esque type of approach to like production is crazy because you have all these influencers kids doing stuff off of this device that like years ago would be a professional camera and like xyz and a whole crew and now it's just one person took away all of this but companies tend to see it all in one where it's like I might not have, I don't even have like 5,000 followers, I think, right? But like, I have worked with a Nike, an Adidas, a Calvin Klein, Mm -hmm. Merit, Facebook, Instagram, XYZ on the professional level of production because of what I do with my creative and art direction. But they won't gift me a free pair of shoes because I don't have 50,000 followers And even though I have the creative capability to make a fire 15-second TikToker reel, they're not going to want that because they're looking for a target audience. And I understand that. So I don't, I don't, it doesn't upset me. But what upsets me, it's when like I get hired to do a production and they're trying to treat it as if it were to be a 15-second, you know, TikToker reel where it's just like, sure, we can give you that as a deliverable but we have this whole story to tell, not exactly. just this one little, you know, product video of this shoe or yeah. whatnot. So that's also been very interesting, and I'm a fan. So and and I and I try to be a sponge to learn as much about it, and especially working with agencies. You know, I have to also have this like creative strategic hat on to understand mm-hmm. target audiences and what. Uh, deliverable workswear on a specific platform because it still goes right back into the thing that we're all here to do which is a business and provide right. to a client so it's 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 interesting to be able to dance between it all um but yeah i think that stepping away from that world and doing things that take me out of my comfort zone or learning something new like if i'm getting frustrated it's working because yeah. it's 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 hard, you know, and it's not what I'm used to because once you do something for so long, obviously, you know, you find your groove and that's also what you're known for and why people are paying you to do something for. So it becomes, for lack of better words, a routine almost. And it's easy to also get caught up in it and get discouraged. And that's something that the moment I, the moment I have to, uh, open up a deck and work on a mood board or go to set or pick up a camera or plug in my USB to DJ and I and mm-hmm. I'm frustrated or I'm like 
I need a backup or I need a back off yeah. or away from it because I don't ever want to get to a point that to do what I love is frustrating me, especially my career path, because as much stress that comes with it, of course, like I'm not saving people's lives out here. You know, like I right. it's not brain surgery. Like I should be having fun with this. I always tell that to the people that I work with, like we're not saving lives. You know, at the end of the day, at most, we're marketing a product that technically is already selling itself. So let's just have some fun. Let's create some magic and like, you know, on to the next. What makes you strange on purpose? What makes me strange on purpose? Um, man, I think honestly, my whole approach to to life, I think it goes back to what we were talking about earlier when like my early years in high school and being in a surrounded around an environment where I was made feel strange specifically on purpose you know because it's like I was never really into the sports I didn't really care to like take the educational route to go like the lawyer doctor route too serious anyway so I always felt like this outcast anyway um and back then I would try to hide behind that you know, and now I feel like I use my strangeness on purpose to stand out. You know, whether that's wearing a grill every day or the matching, matching, you know, or being funny or, you know, dressing with no gender really. Like, I, I don't know. I just, I think that, I think strange or weird became cool. But the the real authentic strange and weirdos like us, we know that it was always the cool thing and it was the right way. We weren't trying to be gangster when that was a thing. We weren't trying to be like preppy when that was a thing. You know, like we we just yeah. we were just always us, the little outcasts. And now that thankfully introverts are shining in the way so much that people might even consider us extroverts because that's always something that I get too. Um, and I always say like, I'm just an extroverted introvert really. But yeah, I think just staying true to myself that keeps me strange on purpose. And I try never to change no matter who's in the room, um, no matter you know what job. Like at the end of the day, we have to represent ourselves and not only as the strange weirdos that we are, the creatives that we are, but also as a person of color, as a Latino man in this industry, I have to be me, you know, because I'm representing so much more than just me. And that's a responsibility that I've taken a lot more serious within the, within the last two years um, because my work scale and my client base, thankfully, has only gone up. And I've worked on global campaigns, you know, nationwide campaigns where I'm having influence as to not only the talent that is being represented on camera, the story that is being told on camera, but everything and everyone behind the camera and behind the production, you know, making sure that we have our stories told the same way. So I definitely take pride in it and I push anyone who feels like they're weird like they're strange to not because you're not and you're not alone and you probably just haven't found your people yet um and hopefully you do soon whether that's you know we live in an awesome time today and day because doesn't matter where you're 
geographically at we're all living right here right yep. now in this in this internet you know which is even a way where me and izzy connected originally was via internet via phone via friend worked together remotely and then after the fact uh met each other in person and i think that that's super awesome because we're able to connect with like-minded individuals around the world and hopefully create you know uh nurture relationships that'll hopefully create life-changing shit whether that's arts whether that's medicine whether that's whatever whatever it might be you know so stick together stay you stay true never fold never change